baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey, good morning to you. It's a Tuesday morning. We're glad you're with us here on the Mark Cox Morning Show. Hopefully you got here uh, uh, through the Odyssey app on the podcast. However it is, listen over the air. We do appreciate you uh, supporting uh, conservative talk radio in St. Louis. Thank you. Uh, Mark Cox in here along with Kim St. Ange, Carl Middleman, Sue Thomas back with your uh, traffic uh, this morning. Rested and relaxed and ready to uh, to get you to work. How about that? Hopefully we don't have any big problems. A little warmer out there this morning. Oh, by about 15 degrees or so, which was nice. That was a nice sh- uh, change, wasn't it? I saw people with their windows down driving around yesterday. Oh, it felt like a heat wave. 55 degrees. Just having the sun out was like a total mood boost. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Easton feeling any better? Not really. I mean, he had a little more life in his eyes, but he's still, we're keeping him home this morning. and Yeah. I've never seen him like this. I mean, like I said yesterday, he is always moving around and laughing and smiling. And so it's just, it's so sad when, I mean, sweet, but it's so sad when all he wants to do is. Cuddle. Yeah, yeah, cuddle. Yeah, I know. I, I hope he feels better for Thank sure. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Coming up, uh, we are going to talk to a Richard Barrington who's been looking at this uh, this credit card problem. Now, you can look at it however you want, but when you at the end of the paycheck, you don't have enough money to pay your bills, there's a problem with the economy deeper than whatever's going on in the stock market. And we're going to talk to Richard Barrington about that coming up here about uh, 622 this morning. Stay tuned for that. We'll give away a couple of tickets. Uh, REO Speedwagon and Train are coming to town, and that's in July, I believe. And we are going to give away a pair of tickets every day this week uh, right here on the show. we got another news coming up a bit later as well, but our top stories first. The Mark Cox Shortlist. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another war. <laughs> Oops. That would be Joy Reid of MSNBC in the background while a video was playing on her show. And somebody forgot to clip her microphone. And she dropped the F-bomb live on the air against her own president. You have to be smart, not weak. And that's the other reason. That's why we're so worried about Donald Trump. He's surrounded by chaos. He's surrounded by distractions. He's surrounded by temper tantrums. So is Nikki Haley suggesting that the man who during his four years didn't get us involved in any foreign wars is not smart enough to handle the current situation? Hmm. I mean, we saw it with this so-called, you know, the the border proposal, which was a total farce. Uh, You know, Biden can close the border right now if he wanted to. Uh, Yes, yes, he could. How about that? And uh, how about this, Carl? Two years ago, I said, you know, with 23 votes, you can throw somebody out of here. And and I would I would do it today. Who would you throw out? Bill. Yeah, yeah, that's. uh, Missouri Senator Cindy O'Laughlin recorded a talking to the media, by, mind you. It wasn't behind closed doors. 
uh, saying that if she was given the choice, she would throw Senator Bill Eigel out of the Missouri Senate. Now, bear in mind that the Democrats had a member a few years ago uh, who threatened in a tweet uh, called for the death of the president of the United States at the time, Donald Trump. Uh, she didn't even get thrown out. But Bill Eigel deserves to be thrown out, according to Cindy O'Loughlin, because she doesn't like the fact that he stood up and filibustered in the Senate for the very important issue of initiative petition reform. Hmm. Interesting. Now, she's since apologized for saying that. And there's a reason that she apologized for saying that. And you want to know what it is? You want to know what it is? Because Bill Eigel called her to the floor and questioned her about it. And at first she denied what she had said. She was in that meeting with the press. She said, I'd kick him out tomorrow. I'd, I'd, I'd throw Bill Eigel out of the Senate because she was pissed off at him. And while she was in the middle of that, the door, there's a knock on the door. The sergeant at arms walks in and he goes, you're being summoned to the floor. Senator Igo wants to talk to you. She walks across the hallway into the Senate. And then this exchange takes place with Senator Igo, where she pretty much denied what she had just said. Business conducted. Senator reporter, can you, are you willing to say it to me in person? Up. Are you willing to say it to me in person? Did you say I should be replaced? I think you should be removed from your leadership position. I do not think you should be expelled from the Senate because the people in your Senate district voted for you, Senator. And even when we disagree, that doesn't give anybody in the chamber the right to simply say you have to be silenced. So I, I do think, think you should be reduced. Should I do think you should. I believe that you should be. I believe that you should resign from your position. I would never, ever, no matter how much I disagree with you, I would never call for you to be removed from the people from this chamber under expulsion, Senator, because your voice matters. I did not call for you to be removed. That is, that is not what you said. You just said, and you just said that you believe I should be expelled. You just said that. So let me ask again. Do you believe that I should be expelled for the Senate because I've been out here talking too much in your mind? Yes or no? I believe that the Senate should be allowed to function by all the rest of the people who were elected by their constituents, and they're not able to... If only he had a, a clip that he could cue up what you just played of her saying that right well, there on the Senate floor. That's a video that somebody who, a clear view of the road. That's a video that somebody who supports him released mm -hmm. with uh, editing together her comments just before walking onto the floor to deny that she said them. So the the reason I play that is it's interesting because Cindy O'Loughlin uh, uh, appeared on the Mark Reardon show yesterday uh, to defend herself, and to her credit, she apologized for calling. She said she lost her temper. She was angry that people were questioning her leadership, and she said something she shouldn't have said. So to her credit, that she apologized for saying that Eigel should be kicked out. She said that yesterday. She's not apologizing for being mad at anybody who is in the Freedom Caucus. It's very defeating to trying to get something done and have someone tie everyone up complaining that we can't get anything done while all all the while they're the ones tying it up where you can't get something done. And I thought his maneuver to bring a bill directly to the floor, there was no way that the Senate was going to allow that. I mean, there, there are, I think, 12 initiative petition reform bills. They each deserve a hearing. No, no, they don't. See, r r just in her statement there, you, you, you start to 
wrap your brain about what's around what's going on here. Instead of direct action, Senator Bill Igel tried to do an end run around Senate leadership who planned to, I believe, intentionally stall IP reform until it can't get done in time. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are 12 different bills on initiative pitch form. They all deserve a fair hearing. No, no. Walk into a room and say, these are the options. Is it 56% or is it 60% threshold to pass? Raise your hand. Hold a vote until you get everybody in the room to agree on one of those percentages and say, is it six congressional districts that require signatures or is it eight? And you hold a vote of hands until ever enough people agree on one or the other. And you take that bill to the floor and you vote on it and you send it to the House. It's that simple. This is not brain surgery. We don't need 12 weeks of hearings on 12 different IP proposals. The only reason you would do that is if you were trying to kill the bill. Bear in mind, they screwed around with this the entire last session and didn't get it done. And at the end, they tried to blame it on Bill Igel again. Now, you can be as angry as you want at Bill Igel for, for gumming up the works in Jeff City. But at the end of the day, whose priorities are in order here? Bill Eichel's trying to get IP uh, reform passed in time to make a difference, for God's sake. Because in November, guess what's going to happen? The crazies that want to ensconce abortion into the Constitution are going to have an issue on the ballot. And if it's not passed in August on a vote of the people, it's too late. And then Cindy O'Loughlin and Caleb Rowden, who will look you in the eye and tell you they're as conservative as anybody— will be solely responsible for that happening because they should have fixed it last year and they didn't. That's that's the truth about what's going on in Jeff City. And I'm happy to have Cindy O'Loughlin on here and have that debate with her. Uh, we will invite her onto the show and see if she'll come on. She did spend some time with Reardon uh, yesterday afternoon defending her uh, position. All right, coming up, talk to Richard Barrington. He's a financial analyst. He's been looking at uh, this consumer debt problem in the United States, which has really grown to historic proportions, over a trillion dollars in credit card debt. What's the reason for it? We'll uh, get Richard's thoughts on it coming up. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So if you take a look at what's going on in this country, you look at the stock market, you might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, things are not in horrible shape right now. If you looked at your 401k, it's up a little bit, right, over what it was 
for the first half or three quarters of the year. What's what's behind that? What's driving it? Uh, I don't know. All I know is at the end of the day, when you go to the grocery store, uh, you get hit with inflation. And that's impacting everybody in this country. I've got Richard Barrington on the phone right now. Uh, He is a financial analyst. Uh, He's a commentator on these issues of personal finances. And Richard, welcome into the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah. How do you how do you contrast those two differences in the economy right now? I mean, your 401k is probably not doing bad right now. But when you go to the grocery store, that cart of groceries is costing you 60 or 75 dollars more than it than it used to. Yeah, you know, there's really a uh, a kind of a divide um, between what's happening with savings and investments on the one side and what's happening with uh, people with debt. Um, And the debt problem is tied into the uh, inflation problem uh, simply because, number one, the sudden surge of inflation uh, caused a lot of people to reach for their credit cards just to make ends meet. Uh, the other thing is, is that when inflation goes up, interest rates go up. And so that credit card debt is costing people uh, more than ever. Um, so, you know, if you have investments, they're doing pretty well right now because the economy has been doing quite well. Um, but this is a very bad time to have debt. And unfortunately, uh, consumers have picked this time to set a record high for uh, the amount of debt that they have. Yeah, it's true. And and it's going up. And now a lot of people have maybe realized they've overspent, but they can't they can't catch up with it. Right. That's that's right. Um, and so, you know, I have a few suggestions uh, for what people can do to not only handle their upcoming credit card bills, but ideally to break this pattern of ever rising credit card debt, because, you know, uh, we, we're talking about the, the recent inflation problem, but this problem with credit card debt is nothing new. The, the total amount um, of credit card debt that Americans owe has risen in 10 of the last 11 years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's sad. And now you see people in situations where, I don't know, if you got a 30 percent interest rate on $10,000, if you can't even meet the minimum on that, how many years is it going to take you to pay it off? Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, an interest rate like that, you know, it's like running in sand. You know, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, but I'll tell you one thing that uh, could make a, a, an immediate dent, um, especially this time of year, because we're getting into tax season. And a great strategy to think about is using your tax refund to pay down some of that credit card debt. And let me just give you some stats on how powerful this could be. Uh, last year, over 100 million Americans got tax refunds. The average size of those refunds was over $3,000. So instead of just nibbling around the edges of a problem, um, use your tax refund to pay down credit card debt. That could take a serious bite out of what you owe. In fact, the total amount of refunds that were issued to individuals last year would have been enough to pay off roughly a third of all consumer credit card debt. Richard, this is Kim. I thought I heard Dave Ramsey say something about even if you have to pause any sort of contributions to your 401k for like a year or two to really hit hard any of this debt, he says, I'm pretty sure I've heard him say, you know, that actually is worth it. What would you say about that strategy? I think that's worth it if your employer does not have a contribution matching program. Um, As you probably know, um, a lot of employers 
they'll match at least part of the contributions you make. So like a common match is a 50% match. Okay. So you put in a thousand dollars, your employer will kick in $500. Now that think about that. That's an instant 50% return um, on your money. And so even paying a 30% interest rate, which is horrible, it's hard to pass up that 50% um, uh, uh, return. So I'd say I agree with the idea of paying off debt first unless it me- means leaving money on the table in the form of that kind of uh, 401k matching contribution. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I tell you, Richard Barrington, we appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Oh, sure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, take care. I mean, it, it's food for thought there. I don't know how many people are like, oh, Got my tax refund back. That's free money. Let's go out and buy a hot tub. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we all love getting that big tax return, but <laughs> yeah. that also means you overpaid. So it, you, you got to look at it that way, too. It's not, that is not the, the best. The lesson everybody needs to learn. If you got a big tax refund, unless you've made some major purchase that you're writing off, um, chances are that just means you've been paying the government more than you needed to the entire mm-hmm. year. But, but I will say I've learned a lot from my husband. There are a lot of ways you can get tax breaks that people sure. don't even realize that can I, be super helpful. I would agree. You need yourself a good accountant Yeah, is what is what you need uh, for sure. All right, coming up, uh, we are going to maybe give away some tickets before the hour is out to REO. We're still trying to introduce Kim to REO, but great music, by the way, coming up in July at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Uh, Stay tuned for that. We got in out of the news with Ethan Todd Pyro next hour. Stay tuned. You know that song, even though we may be introducing Kim St. Ange to it right now. No, I I know this song. Okay. Cool. This is REO Speedwagon. So now you want to go to the show. We're no, giving but away she knows train. Though. I We're, do know train. You do. Okay. We're giving away tickets all this week. Mark might not know train, train. is uh, going to be uh, um, warming up for Ario Speedwagon. I would imagine, right? That train. is how this is going down. I saw Train open up for Holland Oates. I'm sorry, Daryl Hall and John Oates, and they were better than Daryl Hall and John Oates. That's the worst when the opener is better than that the main. That might be, act. but as a band, if you were looking at these, you would think to yourself, Ario's the headliner. Yeah, they are. Okay, all but, right, just but you, I think you'd like Train because they do some Led Zeppelin. They okay. are very good. Uh, Pat Monahan's a very good performer. All right. Well, they're coming to Hollywood Casino Amphitheater July 16th, and we're giving away tickets all this week. 314-241-9797. How about uh, caller number 15? We're going to make Ethan work for his money this morning. Caller number 15 to 314 241 9797, and you have a chance to win a pair of tickets. Good luck to you. Good luck. That's uh, that's going to be uh, a good concert. In fact, my buddy reached out to me last night and said, would you like to go to this? We may try to find some uh, some tickets here. So, like a pre-sale. I think pre-sale is going on. I think the tickets right go now. on sale. I think the tickets go on sale on on, uh, on Friday. Um, so, anyway. <clears throat> so, I wanted to readdress this for just a minute on – initiative petition reform. And I don't want to beat this into the ground because people are probably thinking, this is getting boring. I don't want to talk about IP reform anymore. But this, I think this is important. Um, Whatever they pass in the Missouri House and Senate and the governor would sign still has to go on the ballot in August and would have to get voted on, just like in Ohio, where all of the pro-murder groups, the pro-abortion groups spent Tons of money on ads telling people this was trying to restrict their rights. 
which is complete hogwash, right? But, but a friend of mine who's down there working on this issue in, has a different approach to this. And, and the approach that they're taking is, is this. They want to require a concurrent majority instead of raising the percentage of the vote that you'd have to get, it would still be 51 percent um, could pass it. And instead of increasing the number of districts where you'd have to get signatures from six to eight, this would require simply a concurrent majority. And all that says is that in order to pass, it could get 51 percent of the vote and still not pass unless the issue passed in at least 51, 50 percent of all of the House districts in the state of Missouri. I'm trying to wrap my brain around that. So 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 in other words, it could get a majority of votes in the state of Missouri. But if it didn't pass in at least half of the House districts in the state, then it it wouldn't be approved. Okay, That's so, called concurrent majority so is the approach. So really, I know one of the, the things they're trying to do now, like you initially said, was increase the number of congressional districts where it has to pass. So it's not just passing in like the St. Louis area because we know people in the city are going to be like, yeah, let's totally support abortion. Yes. I mean, essentially, it, it is kind of that. It's just not putting a specific number of, oh, you have to get X amount. Am I correct in no, saying that? No, it, 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 the difference is there. The other version of it would make it you'd have to collect signatures and get enough signatures in. You'd have to get signatures out of eight, all eight congressional districts instead of just six. That's what you have to do to get it on the ballot. Wouldn't require that at all. But once it's on the ballot and voted on by the people, the issue would have to pass in at least 50 percent a majority of all of the Missouri House districts in the state of Missouri, which is 163. So what do you think of that option? Um, Well, I mean, my friends who are in favor of this say that it's not unlike having to trying to amend the United States Constitution. It's like an electoral uh, approach to it. It's more like an electoral approach to it. So at least 90 since it's an odd, it would have to be 92 to win. Yeah. Yeah, it would have to pass. So so what it would require is not just a huge turnout in the city of St. Louis or this or Kansas City or Springfield. Mm-hmm. But you'd have to have support for this statewide. Uh, like you got to go to Jeffco and you have to go you, to St. Charles County and some of those other districts who are likely not as in favor. of So this. so in other words, rural counties would not get ignored. Mm-hmm. The Electoral College, the, the brilliance of our founders with the Electoral College in this nation is that. States with small populations can't be ignored just because you can't generate enough votes out of there to win in a popular election. That's why we don't just elect a president in a popular election, mm-hmm. because the states realized the, the the founders realized early on small states would end up being ignored and politicians would only go to population centers to spend money and to to give speeches because that's where they need. That's where they could generate the most votes. And and this would this would prevent that. This would make this a more fair way of looking at it so that you can't just, you know, go to, like I said, the St. Louis or Kansas City and 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 run enough fake ads on the TV and radio stations there that you fool people into into buying into something. Mm-hmm. You would have to get support in at least half of the House districts in the state of Missouri, the, the state house districts. 
I, I, it's a unique approach. Do you know any other states that, that take that approach? Because you think about like a state like Illinois. Well, the reason why J.B. Pritzker or any other liberal is elected there mm. is because you have the Chicago area that's, that's obviously very, very left. Yes. Well, right? but because this wouldn't affect the elections of people. It would just for, for initiative petitions. But I mean, in general, do you know any other states that take this approach I, I, to amend the Constitution? I, I, don't, that'd be interesting. I don't know right off the top of my head if anybody where else they're doing this or not. I'll have to reach back out to my friend and see if she knows the answer to that. But um, the, the, the point is something like that would probably be considered more palatable to the general voter in the state of Missouri than saying, well, you're going to have to get a super majority of votes in on election day, 55, 56, 57 percent or 60 percent um, uh, in order to pass something. You can still pass it with a simple 51 percent as long as you've shown in that vote that you have su- support across a wide area of Missouri mm-hmm. and not just the big cities, because mm-hmm. that's how they've come in and manipulated the system. The, the point is not to keep people from being able to amend the ballot. The point is to make sure that that it's not that it's that you're not being played by outside interest. And this would accomplish that if it was truly a groundswell of support for something in Missouri, you would have that representation in at least half of the House districts in the in the state. And if it's not, then you won't. And that and, and it's not serious enough to change the Missouri Constitution. Let your elected officials go down and and debate these things. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, I would support that idea. I, th- I think that's I think that makes uh, perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I just think about how different things would be. And I mentioned Illinois and I know it's not about electing people, but I just think it'd be interesting to see how that would affect certain topics like this in other states. If it's really made a big difference and what passes and what's get on what gets on the ballots. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it's worth looking at. My, my yeah. friend says it would be 82 counties, Carl, is what she said. Oh, math. Yeah, math. Math so, is hard. Uh, anyway, uh, I think that's I mean, that's what they're debating in the 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 Senate joint resolutions that were considered yesterday. Uh, some of the ones that were heard um, are are, are uh, making it um, harder to ratify. And, and she's been down there working on the ones that are that that would include only concurrent majority uh, and not increasing that vote. So anyway, let's uh, get to a quick break. We got Ethan coming in here in a couple of minutes with in other news. Next hour, Todd Pyro, Todd Patrick Pyro from Fox News. Caca, we'll get him on here about uh, seven twenty or so. What's happening? Go, you know the you know the thing. What the hell is going on? In other news. It seems Snoop Dogg has undergone a shift in perspective regarding former President Donald Trump. As Stoop is now saying he has nothing but love and respect for Trump, despite a history of publicly criticizing him, including controversial music videos and explicit remarks. Snoop Dogg recently expressed admiration for the former president in a new interview. He said, quote, Donald Trump, he ain't done nothing wrong to me. He's only done great things for me. The rapper specifically highlighted his appreciation for Trump's decision to pardon Michael Harris, who is a co-founder of Snoop's initial record label, Death Row Records, there you go. who had been in prison for over three decades on charges of conspiracy and attempted murder. So he said, quote, I have nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. Yeah, maybe he'll donate some of that money to him, you think? No, nah, he's not doing nothing. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> oh, Snoop. <laughs> oh, Snoop. <laughs> At least he appreciated what 
he had done instead Thank of you. just like not saying anything. Thank you. I just appreciated the way that you read that quote, Ethan. Sorry. I tried. I tried. To I ain't got back. nothing but respect. I read it just how it was written. I ain't got nothing. He ain't done nothing wrong to me. That's exactly how it was written. Uh, yeah, I heard that same quote. You're right. I didn't change it. didn't change anything. <laughs> I find it weird, though, that he did have a music video where he shot Donald Trump, and now he's all buddies with him. He's on the beach drinking a Corona somewhere, isn't he, in that Corona yes. commercial? Yeah. yeah. Andy yeah. Samberg. Mm-hmm. It looks like Jay Leno is seeking a conservatorship for his wife of 43 years, Mavis, who is living with dementia. The filing said the conservatorship would be for Mavis's estate or finances and not her person. It stated that the sole purpose of the legal arrangement is to establish a living trust for 77-year-old Mavis that ensures she has managed assets sufficient to provide her with future care if the former Tonight Show host dies before her. Why do they not already have a trust set up? I guess would be my question. Because they don't have any kids. Hmm. That's why. I did not know that. I mean, if he's given all those that car collection yeah. away, I'll, I'll raise my hand. Yeah, right. That's pretty impressive. Hmm. That thing is I amazing. didn't know he had no children. I didn't no either. children at all. His okay. cars are his, his kids. His cars are his kids. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. A Facebook user claiming she was hit with a urine-filled bag during the Karen Co. Mardi Gras parade on Saturday. It's gone viral, leading others demand answers. According to the woman who posted the claim on Facebook, she was hit with a bag of beads that had urine in it, and her post has been shredded hundreds of times, or shared hundreds of times, as she has received dozens of comments in support of her and suggesting she take legal actions like filing a report. But others question the allegations because there is no evidence publicly available, including photos or videos. Hmm. I have been on a float for over 15 years, and I have never, never in my life seen anything like that. We've never thrown anything like that. Well, I would hope not. You've been been a member of the crew (laughs) there, dude? We did St. Louis Mardi Gras for, yeah, over 15 years. The sights you've seen. Oh, my gosh. Mardi Gras is crazy. (laughs) I have some ridiculous stories from my time at Mardi Gras. Which side were you on? What are you talking about? I'm saying, were you on a float or were you you in the You know which side she was on. I was not in a float. Come on now. Oh, I was God. not, oh, Carl. Yeah, don't wrong. Get, no, exactly no, 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 no. Get your head out of the gutter. I wasn't doing that either. <laughs> I said nothing. Mm, it was insinuated. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, a recent uh, recent study released by Go Banking Ethan rates. is blushing. I do even. think he's blushing right now, Kim. <laughs> they reviewed data to determine how much money you're going to need to comfort- comfortably retire in every state, and data revealed that in 16 states. You would need at least $1 million to fund 25 years of retirement. In Hawaii, the minimum retirement savings is even higher at more than $2 million, making it the most expensive state to retire. On the other end of the scale is West Virginia, where you would need just over $692,000 to support a 25-year retirement. And if you're looking for Missouri, we need around, it says, for 25 years, you would need around $737,000. If you're going to go for 30-year retirement, you're going to need about $885,000. It seems small. I was going to say, what kind of lifestyle is that? I don't know. It it didn't really, you know, it just, it takes into account different stuff. You like housing, food, utilities, transportation, and healthcare. And your cars are your kids. But that still seems low. But but I assume that means then that your house is paid off, your potential, your cars are paid off. And I I mean, if you're going into like a care facility, that's really expensive. Right. No kidding. And I'm guessing that your, like whatever your income is, if you have a pension or social security, that. That right, plays What's part of that too, part of it. Yeah, there are not many of those anymore, Carl. Although, as a member of a union, you might know something about that. 
right? Mm, oh yeah, that's it. <sighs> Don't fool me. I got your t- I got your number. Coming up, we're going to talk to Todd Pyro, host of uh, Fox and Friends First, and uh, Cam Edwards for Two A Tuesday. We'll be back in just a minute. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.